The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We're glad to have you with us today. We're going to be talking about a topic that may be a little different. I know we've kind of touched around it at times, but I don't know that we've actually talked about the topic itself. And what we're going to talk about is the traitor within. Ah, the traitor within will make him walk the plank for his mutinous way. That type of traitor. That's right. Not like a stock trader, but a pirate <laughs> trader, right? Yeah, it's because that wasn't a stock market kind of sound. Robbie, when I talk about the traitor within, what, what what's it kind of come to you with that? What do you talk about when someone had asked you, what does that mean? Well, you know, when Paul was in <laughs> Romans 7 saying, for some reason I don't do what I want to do, but I want to do this, but then I don't do it. And, and there's this battle that goes on inside of me that is essentially a battle between the spirit and the flesh and the traitor is quite often the flesh <laughs> yeah not usually the spirit so much but <laughs> yeah. but the flesh and that's a great point because we've talked about on the show you know we really have three enemies out there and and one of them is really obvious we have we have satan yeah right i mean that's pretty clear in scripture and that's easy to see well it becomes easier to see as you read more of the scripture but you also have the world you know, because its its standards, its direction is definitely not moving towards Christendom. You know, it's moving away, and so it's taking a big. If you watched the debates last night, you might have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's well, it's it's taking them down the wide road instead of the narrow road, yeah, right? Pretty wide. And then the third one is the flesh, and so we do have to battle all three of those. And sometimes we forget about that flesh one. Yeah, the flesh one, and and well, I was actually studying Ephesians six this week. And William Grinnell wrote a book called The Christian in Full Armor. And he spent, wow, 20 pages just talking about that line that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces in high places. And that wrestling, I always assumed, had to do with wrestling with that, you know, powers meaning Satan, the enemy. But he mentioned that if you get caught into the trap of wrestling with your own flesh, then it's like, trying to speak a language to something that has no understanding, similar to when you try to speak to a non-believer about Christ, the gospel's foolishness. Well, when you're wrestling with your own flesh, so to speak, William Gurnall put it, that you're wrestling with somebody that doesn't really speak that language, and that clip from The Lion King, Sam, I think speaks right to what happens to poor little Simba when he comes in there all excited because he's kind of prideful when he's talking about his pride, and he's at Pride Rock. And he talks to his uncle Scar, who isn't quite a great guy. Reminds me of a certain serpent. Huh? Hey, Uncle Scar, guess what? I despise guessing games. I'm gonna be king of Pride Rock. Oh, goody. My dad just showed me the whole kingdom. And I'm gonna rule it all. <laughs> yes. Well, forgive me for not leaping for joy. Bad back, you know. Uncle Scar, when I'm king, what'll that make you? A monkey's uncle. <laughs> You're so weird. You have no idea. So, your father showed you the whole kingdom, did he? Everything. He didn't show you what's beyond that rise of the northern border. Well, no. 
Said I can't go there. And he's absolutely right. Far too dangerous. Only the bravest lions go there. Well, I'm brave. What's up? Well, I'm sorry, Simba. I just can't tell you. Why not? Simba, Simba. I'm only looking out for the well-being of my favorite nephew. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm your only nephew. All the more reason for me to be protective. An elephant graveyard is no place for a young prince. Oops. An elephant what? Whoa. Oh, dear, I've said too much. Well, I suppose you'd have found out sooner or later. You being so clever and all. Oh, just do me one favor. Promise me you'll never visit that dreadful place. No problem. There's a good lad. You run along now and have fun. And remember... It's our little secret. So, Al, as Robbie was going into that clip, he talked about the serpents. When you're listening to that, obviously there's a, a very much a parallel to something we find in Scripture. That's one question I have for you. How does it tie in a little bit to what we read very early on in Scripture? We know, when you think about the way Satan approaches Eve, you know, he, first he comes off like he's ignorant and he's asking her questions. You know, is it true? You can't eat of any of the trees in the Garden of Eden? Well, yeah, we can eat, we just not one. Well, why not? Well, you know, God told us not to. Do you know why he said that? Because you'll be as smart as him. You'll be like God. He's keeping that from you. He's holding you back. You should be the Eve you were created to be by eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so Simba gets kind of played there by the uncle he mm-hmm. you know, manipulates him all along the way and and Robbie as we talk about that there's a couple different battles going on there as we talk about the three enemies we have so what's what's he battling against there a little bit yeah it's kind of cool that it's called bride rock <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and, and there you got little Simba who is proud of what his daddy's shown him that he's going to get the kingdom and we it's a similar story to our own but Satan is going to use that pride to entice him that, you know, he, he says only the bravest lions go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and it's a trap. And, and he sets it with essentially Simba's pride. Now, isn't that the same thing that uh, Satan did in the, in the desert with Jesus? Exactly. If you are the son of God. Right? Identity. So, he goes right after the identity. And he tries to attack pride and get him to fall on that, that sense of pride. So as we talk about some of these things that are traitors within, pride can be one of them. Pride can play out in a couple of different ways, but so what's some of the other ones that we could battle against as we have these traitors within us that kind of pull us away from God? You know, he doesn't move, but we move away from him. I mean, he follows us. But, but you know, that's a good point when you say identity and, and how Jesus was attacked, because what's the first thing that a man uh, struggles with? His identity. Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? And so we're trying to prove ourselves all the time, just in subtle ways. We want people to know that we're good enough. Do it at home. Do it at work. Do it at the ball fields. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking lust is one that gets me, you know, and, yeah. and that picture of wrestling, you know, that it, the way William Gurnall put it was, you don't want to have any clothes on that the enemy can throw you with. And if you put on that clothes of lust or you put on – anger or there's other <laughs> things you can get, be grabbed by he's going to throw you down yeah and, and for the listeners out there we do have clothes on <laughs> 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 we, we didn't take it literally you know but the, it's a 
we wrestling in here. The fact that you had to clarify <laughs> that bothers me significantly. Well, I just want to make sure that uh, the no. people watching on Periscope right now, they know yeah. that we have clothes on. And they're probably grateful. Now, <laughs> Robbie, Robbie brings up a good point, and I think they tie together because what made Jesus so strong during his trial? He knew his place with the Father. And when do we? When are we the most vulnerable to temptation? The farther we are from the Father, right. when we're not comfort comfortable and strong in our relationship. Exactly right. It, it, there's there's times the enemy comes after us, and he uses what they would call false comforters, right? And those false comforters can be things like lust. It can be anger, because anger actually is really more about control yeah. than it is anything. And so he he'll approach it typically on the comfort level, something to ease your pain, so to speak, or some way to get control. That's usually the two sides he kind of plays with that. And so, you know, for some people that might be, I go and I I eat a whole lot, you know, and I eat more than I should because I find comfort there instead of turning to God. Or maybe it is to pornography or something like that that people struggle with. Or maybe you just get the hat trick and you do have all three <laughs> that, that, that you struggle with. I never thought of that as a hat trick, but I, I think I have that. Yeah, I think there's times that it's it's been that way for me as well. So as you talk about these things, you know, anger's one that you had to face early on. I was raised in a household where when there was something wrong, everybody became a prosecutor looking for the death penalty. And that was something that, man, I had to struggle with because I could see, I remember what it was like as a child. I could see it in my son. I remembered, I could see it in my wife. And I knew that that was a battle I had to fight. Anger's one that uh, I'm going to play a clip real quick before we go to break that deals with this whole anger. This situation. is from my past. This is when I was a kid. And, and what's the movie, Al? It's Happy Gilmore. Not Happy Gilmore, but Happy Gilmore. <laughs> We're all happy with it. All right. This one's very tough. <laughs> he's laughing. He's having a good time. Good for you. Yeah, laugh it up. Enjoy your night. <laughs> Come on, Happy. Concentrate. Beat that clown. Easy. If you can't beat the clown, how are you going to beat Shooter McGavin? Yeah! <laughs> You're going to die, clown! <laughs> you think that's funny? I don't hear you laughing now! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Enough, enough. What? I can't do it! Come with me, Happy. Come on! You stupid clown! Remember now, this isn't hockey. You don't play with raw emotion. You can't putt angry. You have to clear your mind of everything else. Stay focused. Now how am I gonna do that? Think of a place that's really perfect. Your own happy place. Go there and all your anger will just disappear. Then putt. Happy place. Happy place. Your happy place. Now, how do you feel? Better. Now, put. Okay, you don't, you don't. All right, 
what you're doing. You don't draw, you don't putt angry, but you don't drive angry either. Isn't that Chris, right? Chris, uh, that's, yeah, road rage. Well, there's some real key things. Now, obviously, if you go watch that whole clip, we can't tell you that that's a great yeah, clip to go watch. It's not a great family family movie. But in that clip, there's a lot of truth. The anger gets control of you. And as you talked about, Robbie, Satan gets a hold of that. And he gives him a really good hold on you. But when you can go to that place that's your, your happy place, then that anger kind of disappears. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about finding that happy place but also the other things we battle as men and it may not just be us men but ladies out there as well that you know pornography has been on the rise for women that's been watching it and so talking about lust talking about those things those comforters we go to if you want to learn more about masculine journey go to masculinejourneyradio.org there's a great way to support us by using amazon so go watch the video now well after the show that trader within Sure, sometimes school is pretty hard, but it is how we get ahead in life. Now, imagine places where just getting to school is the hard part. For girls who live in really poor places, like remote villages in India, walking miles to school is nearly impossible. So, Child Fund started the Dream Bike Program in 11 countries, providing bikes to girls so they can make it to school safely, they can get their education, and they can succeed in life. Learn more about Child Fund International and its Dream Bike Program at childfund.org. Child Fund, safe passage to a better future. If you slowly lost the ability to walk, what would you remember about your final steps? Victims of ALS lose the power to use their legs, hold someone close, and simply say, I love you, before losing the ability to breathe. Most often, they remain aware and alert to the world around them as their bodies shut down and die. Join the ALS Association's Walk to Defeat ALS and help us find treatments and a cure for Lou Gehrig's disease. Find a walk near you at walktodefeatals.org. Homeboys from San Diego. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that fight within, that uh, that inner fight that that's written about in Scripture. It's written about that the old man has to be sacrificed each day, meaning the flesh wants to try to rise back up. Right, and that 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 old man was actually sacrificed on the cross with Jesus, but he just doesn't like to stay there. No, Al. In fact, I, you tell this often well how to an extent we're carrying around this body of death it's kind of like how the romans would punish people they would chain a dead body to a guy and that was part of his punishment is to drag around this dead man and and paul was actually making reference to that you know when he said you know deliver me from this body of death well you know if you're having to drag around with a dead guy he kind of stinks after a while yeah and you're talking about paul who wrote obviously inspired by God, but he wrote most of the New Testament. And so you, you don't have a guy that didn't walk closely with God here. You have a, a, a human that's saying, hey, I still have struggles. And so it, it's not a measure of, you know, are you a Christian? Are you not a Christian? As a Christian, you're going to have struggles in these areas, and God's going to continue to help help you move past those. Now, you talked about he's really helped you move past anger. You know, for me, that's not quite been there yet. You know, he's working on it, but it's not quite there yet. But uh, as we talk about this, don't men deal with these issues, but they don't really see them for what they are. Yeah. Well, they, you know, the, the situation with I'm wrestling and I can see I'm in the struggle, but as, 
as to me, William Gurnall pointed out so well, that if I try to wrestle with that anger, that the anger does not understand anything spiritual. So that war that's between the mind and the flesh, the spirit and the flesh, is a, is a heck of a struggle. So I need to be able to go to the, what he says in Ephesians 6. I need to battle against the spiritual forces in high places and realize what is dragging the old man out around me, that I've got to fight that, not the flesh in its language. See, and that's a great point, but I gotta—I don't mean this to be funny, but did you say William's girdle? Yeah, William's girdle. <laughs> William girdle. Hey, Vinny, I wanted to ask you a quick question. You know, I know that growing up in, in New York the way you did and in the era that you did, that the, the mafia was pretty pretty much you know, all about that area at the time. And, and so as you watch movies like The Godfather and things like that, there's a lot of truth in the way they dealt with traitors in that, isn't there? Very much so. I mean, the movie uh, depicts uh, my life as a kid. Yeah, I couldn't believe it, you know. I mean, it just, while I was watching the movie, so many things came into my head, you know, with anger uh, and, and then retaliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of my biggest problems that I never really got over as a young boy, I had three male cousins who were like about four or five years older than me. And my father, you know, when we were outside or together, treated them so wonderful, you know, his nephews, my cousins. And we got along terrific, you know. And then when we went into the house, it totally changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I was nobody, you know, to my father. Mm-hmm. And boy, did I build up anger with that. I grew up. I maybe it's still with me. I don't know, you know, things that I couldn't take care of because he's gone. But, you know, some way I feel like when I'm praying at nighttime, I release the anger from me and I almost can hear him. I understand, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it'll be okay. Now, I'm trying to figure out who's talking, the good Lord or my father. (laughs) <laughs> but uh i'm listening anyway that's right that's right the that brings up a good point that you know our woundedness a lot of times is really what what we the, the enemy holds on to but then when they dealt with a traitor back then they didn't give them much of a second chance did they no not at all there was no such thing as a second chance no such thing and you know if people have seen the movie the godfather it's kind of kind of raw, you know, where a brother kills a brother. Mm-hmm. But that was really what it was all about, you know. Of course, it's wrong, and it was wrong. But it, in the movie, I mean, I happen to know of a father-son situation that was in the movie that I seen in wow. real life, just because. It had to be done. Right. I, I just don't know any other way to And that explain. had to be done, that Vinny's, uh, that they were going to be killed to be a traitor. They were going to mortify right. that traitor is what they actually were going to do. And that's the reason right. I wanted to, to bring that up is there's, we have to take that approach with a traitor that's within us. Right? We can't partially let him live. Because just like back then, you know that they would be either, you know, they would do it again or other people would try to do it. And so if we let that traitor have any life within us, 
then it gets a foothold in us. You know, we can't partially hold on to anger. We can't partially hold on to lust. Yeah, he's going to throw you down with those clothes. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. And I, I want to go to a clip because we'll come back and talk about it. But it's from a movie that's uh, very special to your heart, isn't it, Robbie? Yeah, it's from the movie Braveheart. And the, the, the person speaking is Robert the Bruce. And he's speaking to his father. He's bringing his woundedness to his father. And what happened, and, and you brought out a, a great point before the show, Sam, that he was actually wanting his father to understand what it was that now he understood about truth. And, and he was wanting the father's uh, recognition in that, similar to what, what Finney was describing. But he went against some of what he wanted to do in order to try to get the father's approval. There you go. I'm the one who's rotting. But I think your face looks grayer than mine. Son, we must have alliance with England to prevail here. You achieved that. You saved your family, increased your land. In time, you will have all the power in Scotland. Lands, titles, men, power, nothing. Nothing? I have nothing. Men fight for me. Because if they do not, I throw them off my land and I starve their wives and their children. Those men who bled the ground red at Falkirk, they fought for William Wallace and he fights for something that I've never had. And I took it from him when I betrayed him and I saw it in his face on the battlefield. And it's tearing me apart. Well, all men betray. All lose heart. I don't want to lose heart! Now, now from that, he goes on to say, I'll never be on the wrong side again, is where he goes. And, and, and that's where he really is, is saying, hey, I'm not going to listen to, in this case, was actually his father, was kind of the Satan figure. Yeah. Right? And he wasn't going to listen to that traitor within anymore. And so as you guys listen to that, how can we apply that to our life? How can we go out of here and say, okay, I know I'm still going to struggle with different things, right? I, we're not done with this life yet, so we're still going to have some struggles. So how do we try to avoid those traps? Well, you know, I love the picture that I kind of learned this week, the, the happy place is what, you know, getting back to what happy Gilmore was, what's the happy place look like? Well, a happy place looks like you're God's favorite and that you're actually there resting in his love and under his blood, so to speak. And so it, it, the old wrestlers of old is getting back to those naked old guys. <laughs> they would anoint their bodies with oil in order so that people couldn't get a grip. Well, if I could anoint my body with Christ's blood and if I'm under the blood, there is nothing that Christ can get a grip on. And, and, and if I'm there resting completely and that I've been forgiven and that he's he healing these wounds and I keep going in, but it takes work, Sam. It's not just a matter of, getting in there but sometimes you got to go through some pain to recall so he can give you the freedom that you're looking for oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah pain is a part of the process and you're talking you said christ couldn't get a hold of you meant satan couldn't get a hold of yeah of you, you. But my mind was working it's a shame it, it was it was good i just want to clarify that but yeah it is a painful process if you don't realize that you are covered in in god's love i know for me, the happy place that goes back to something you talked about, Al, it's identity. 
when I can hold on to my identity in him, then I don't, I'm not really suspect as, um, tempted as I am that when I start to find my value somewhere else, my value in a relationship or my value in my work or whatever that might be. You know, the, the way I fight that is through my understanding of spiritual gifts. People think my gift is singing, so I sing and people love me and God gave me that. That's not really what a spiritual gift is. A spiritual gift is a gift that God gives you to give the world. He gives that to the world through you. And so for, in my family, what I try to do is like when we're making dinner, I try to get something in there that you know everybody likes. I, I, I try to do something every week special individually for everybody in the family. When I go to work, I try to make sure everybody's included so they feel like they're a part of the team. You know, I try to be fair about it, but the more I think about other people and try to make things, you know, make their lives better, the happier I am. I mean, it just fills me with joy and it makes it easier for me to fight the anger because when I'm angry, it's about me. But isn't that what God does? Isn't he trying to help us? Isn't he reaching out and showing us love? Yeah, it's when the, it's in that selfish anger. Yeah. That, that protecting what's, you know, my rights or my um, wants or desires. I want cake now. Exactly. It's, it's that type of thing that, that God's after to say, no, that's going to take you to a really, really bad place. Most, most men struggle with anger or they struggle with passivity on the other side, which can be just as bad. Yeah. Right. Because I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight against anything, which is not where God would want you to be either. And that's where the enemy can really get a hold of that as well. But why do you think, you know, pornography is such a big deal in our country? You know, why does it affect, I can't remember the percentage of people, but at one point it was like 60% of pastors struggle with it. And so it's because the enemy knows that that's a place where he can take guys. And it's not normally in those situations about sex as it is about finding comfort. So, you know, regardless where you're going to find comfort, whether it's in that, whether it's in food, whether it's in relationships, you kind of have to take that back to God, don't you guys? I mean, that's the deal. You've got a, a choice. And if you keep running to God and you get your happy place there, as I know Vinny does, right? Late at night, where's your happy place, Vinny? Looking up at the ceiling, dark, and talking to God in my bedroom. And so we've got to just take that happy place and create a spot that we know where we're walking with God in the midst of His presence, and that will keep us from straying from side to side. It won't be easy, guys. It'll be painful at times, but God will be right there with you. Thanks for listening today. If you want to get more information, go to masculinejourneyradio.org.